This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by School Resource Officer Don Johnson. We're going to have an amazing conversation about policing in schools, building relationships with students and staff, and how he approaches active shooter training. Okay, Officer Don Johnson, thanks for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. I am excited about this episode, and so I think I have a whole list of things that we can talk about. Um, We could do multiple episodes on this topic, and so what we're going to talk about is Don here is school resource officer for the Ames Community School District and we're going to talk about really your approach to this position kind of what you do on a daily basis and then we're going to hit some other big topics along the way. Sure. So how do you approach your position as a school resource officer? Yeah so um, so I view my position um, or I guess roles of my position uh, first and foremost is safety and security for the school, um, providing a safe learning environment for the students uh, and a safe teaching environment for the staff uh, and teachers. Um, whether it's, um, that could be uh, threats from outside the school, inside the mm-hmm. school, as far as like worst case scenario, um, but also just uh, maintaining good relationships with the students and making sure that um, to the best of my ability and my uh, role, to have everybody get along and to be um, cohesive and providing a safe learning environment. Yeah. Um, uh, my my second responsibility or my second role in that uh, is uh, building relationships with students, um, police student relationships, uh, and police staff relationships as well. Uh, it's not some students may have never encountered the police or um, have uh, uh, perceptions or other encounters with police that. Um, may not be positive, may be negative, may, may be positive, yeah. um, but I'm there to build a relationship with them, to show them that they can approach a police officer, talk to a police officer, um, and just to, to kind of have that relationship to feel comfortable with me. Um, and then also, um, kind of as um, an, an, an educator as well in police, mm-hmm. um, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't have an education background, but I, but I have police background, and so I can uh, relay police information, how the police work, why we do what we do, uh, maybe clarify some scenarios or situations that they have questions about. Yeah. So you are a police officer. Yes. And yes. I, I think that I think that's good to clear up. Um, you're, you're a police officer first. You're you're part of Ames Police Department. So prior to being a school resource resource officer, you were working for Ames PD. Yeah, yeah, I've been with the police department for about eight and a half years. Okay. Uh, before this, I was working uh, overnight patrol, so I've worked from about 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. Um, just uh, running traffic, taking calls for service. Uh, I did some other roles uh, that I still am a part of. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I still work for the police department. <laughs> I'm still a police officer. Yep. Um, I'm just more or less stationed or assigned to the schools. Yeah, and you're in the schools every day. Yes. And. Talk about like that that transition, or talk about you know how, how do you approach then the day um, from that standpoint, knowing that you're going to be in the schools, you're going to be around students, hanging out with them, and talking with them every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I really treated it almost like starting a new job. I, mean, 
I was. I was starting a new yeah. position, new role, uh, or or starting a new job in a different environment. Because because I, I was. I've I, I've had interactions with youth on patrol. Um, not as much on overnights, but yeah. I did have exposure. Um, and I appreciate having relationships with with youth and and being able to interact with them. And so just having that as one of my main focuses is just building a relationship with with the student body with with the youth of our community Um, because really the uh, our our community is pretty much fully represented within the schools because uh, everybody who has children send them to school so (laughs) for the most part so um, just having a focus on how can i best interact with these students not only uh, not not to be not just to be their their friend or their buddy but to to show them that they can be they can interact with someone within their community mm-hmm. um, whether or not I have a uniform or whether I'm adult or or whatever the case may be so I've worked with you I've worked with um, other school resource officer and other actually other police officers within the Ames Police Department and one of the things that really strikes me is that Ames PD as a whole really values community involvement in the way that they police and I feel like um, you being the school resource officer is really an extension of that. I mean, is that something that you think about and, and view as well? Yeah, absolutely. One, so one thing that, um, one obstacle with policing is um, whether or not we are, whether or not your position is retroactive or proactive. Um, a lot of what we do on patrol has to be reactive. It has mm-hmm. to be somebody's calling for assistance, somebody's calling for help, or we see uh, you know, a crime or something occurring, uh, and we respond to that. Yeah. Um, in my position, there is, there is some of that, but, but I mean, not nearly to the extent that it would be on patrol. So a lot of my stuff, a lot of my operations is proactive. Um, I'm trying to uh, build relationships with students. I'm trying to build relationships with the school, um, with other youth organizations throughout the community try to connect everybody together uh, so that way we, so that way as, as, as we think about as a community passing on our community to the next generation to our youth um, how are we going to do that effectively how are we going to do that proactively and not just responding to emergencies or or incidents that happen so from the school district side I have really valued um, having school resource officers in our buildings and a part of our district because there are times when things do cross from a, a school or building um, issue or concern and it does move over into um, a, a police matter and I can remember a couple of them you know where you know we've received an online threat mm-hmm. and those are really serious things in in today's society and so I think having you know that relationship from the school district standpoint in that, you know, we have people that we can connect with, you know, y- yourself mm-hmm. right away that can help navigate really that muddy water. And so I've really um, appreciated that part of it. Yeah. What do you think people don't fully understand about, about your position? Yeah, I, I think uh, we touched on it already in, yeah. in that I'm, I am a police officer. Um, I'm not a security guard or a like a truancy officer, um, I, I only I have authority in the in the criminal law, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I don't um, uh, I, I don't I don't enforce school rules. Yeah. I, I don't I don't uh, go um, enforce kids to come to school who are truant, or I don't um, you know I don't I I can't 
technically stop kids that are running in the hallway unless there's an obvious safety issue. Yeah. But um, if, if they're committing some school violation, I, I don't necessarily discipline those. Sure. Um, because that's not your job. Right. That's not my role. Um, yeah. yeah. I My role is, is a police officer. Mm-hmm. The school has um, a whole... Uh, framework on, on how to deal with with discipline <laughs> yep. um, and they and they and they and that's their that's their role so um, so that would be maybe one thing that people aren't aren't as clear about um, another thing when I when I explain to people or tell people that I'm an, a police officer but I work in the schools a lot of times they sometimes they are like well is it wow is that really is that really needed is that really necessary yeah um, so I, th- I think they're I think their perception is there. There's such a criminal need in the school for a police officer to be there, and that's not really the case, at least in our community. Yeah. Um, and at our school district, so um, so I explained to them that it's it's more of a proactive repro- approach, as we talked about, mm-hmm. um, relationship building, uh, and trying to problem solve um, issues before they do become criminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much do you think about? school security on you know a daily a weekly basis for pretty much every day all day yeah um and and what does that um what's the range of that um so there's the extreme end of an active shooter situation and then you know there is school security that you know is is not that extreme so Mm -hmm. talk to me about that yeah the I mean, the worst case extreme scenario, like you said, is active shooter. And so there's, uh, we do active shooter training at the police department. Yeah. Um, as a police officer, we, uh, you know, as police, we have experience with um, individuals with weapons and uh, ill intentions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly some, um, f- some physical security of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of our schools are, are locked outside the main entrance and the main entrance is allowed. And so there's, um, so the school is already doing a lot of physical security things, uh, video surveillance, things like that, uh, to try to mitigate those threats. Yeah. Um, other threats or other other security issues, safety or security issues. Uh, I walk around the school quite a bit. Um, so if there's any um, just d- danger, possibly dangerous situations, or yeah. if there's um, anything with the building that. Uh, could be addressed by custodial staff or by admin. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just another set of eyes um, to make sure that that building is just physically safe uh, itself. Uh, also, through my relationship building with students, uh, students become pretty comfortable with me, uh, just as they would other uh, other adults that interact with them. You know, in the yeah. school, but um, they may relay some information to me about uh, uh, you know about a disagreement or or an argument or something between other students. You know, they're talking about maybe fighting in the locker mm-hmm. room or something like that where uh, where supervision is, you know, is tricky. And yeah. so um, relaying that to the administration or being involved myself to try to mitigate that so that um, so nobody gets hurt. Yeah. So. And so that was, I mean, you, you provided a real example like that that has happened. I mean, like. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about like a success story because, I mean, the, like you telling me that um, students – feeling comfortable to approach you, you know, like in the hallway. Um, you have other success stories where, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened, you know, six months ago, but, you know, through that rapport that, that has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had students report. Um, so just to back up a bit, I guess, yeah. as far as um, 
what students relate to me. Um, so when I was, so I, I've, I've been a school resource officer just this school year, mm -hmm. so I'm, you know, over a whole semester now. Yeah. And so my relationships are really starting to uh, get rooted. And um, a, lot, a lot of times students will report things like that have been happening for a year that happened a couple months ago, but now, you know, now they're comfortable with me yeah. or a police officer in general to yeah. come and report that. Um, whether it's, um, like I said, a conflict between students or um, not not an ideal home situation or something like that. They even report things that are happening outside of school, um, whether it's, uh, you know, um, at another youth function or at home or in a park or something yeah. like that. So, um, and I think um, I actually have a student that's talking to me about, uh, talking to me about vaping because he has someone that, um, is saying that they could provide him with a vape, and uh, he just really doesn't know anything about vaping. He just doesn't have an understanding really what yeah. it is or, or, or why people do it. He just thought he might try it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I've been able to have good conversations with him and and and, uh, and kind of coordinate with some uh, with another adult that he's close with to try to mitigate yeah. that and try to educate him on why that maybe wouldn't why that would not be a yeah. good decision. I mean, and and I think that's huge because I mean I think. Um, as much as we might not want to acknowledge it at times, that sort of is the nature of, of teenage years for, you know, a lot of teenagers right. where there's this exploration, there's this experimentation, and it can be dangerous. And yeah. so um, I appreciate that approach. I want to go back to school security. About a year and a half ago, we, um, as a district, we did a district-wide active shooter training and sure. we did it you know in in conjunction with ames pd yeah. um it actually was a win for both of us because through that relationship we were able um i know that you guys tested your your um, communication system mm. through that process and so the way we structured it was you know we had secondary students and we did or not students excuse me teachers and staff and we had them at the high school and then we did a separate day where we had elementary teachers at an elementary school and we really simulated what it was like i mean and this was full on with with blanks and i'll tell you it was an intense situation mm -hmm. um i was um one where i was able to follow you know some of the police officers who were acting as intruders sure and it's an intense situation, yeah. um, and I know that it was for a lot of teachers. I can tell you that it was for me personally mm -hmm. as well. And and this year we're going to do, and, and you're going to be a part of that and help lead yeah. that about, about doing it at the building level. Mm -hmm. And so as you mentioned before, you don't have a background in education, mm -hmm. but all of our teachers and myself included, you know, we don't have a background in, in policing. Yeah. And so how do you approach that training, especially around active shooter and school safety with teachers. Yeah. Uh, it's a heavy topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, SS Police, like I mentioned, we do have active shooter training. Uh, we have officers that are um, uh, instructors in, in, I guess, certain, certain um, philosophies on how to respond to active shooters. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of it's a lot of it overlaps. A lot of it's pr pr pretty much um, the same, and so I guess uh, looking on how to do that. So, um, so that situation, what you're talking about, that training mm -hmm. on yeah. on just being really fully into a scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do that as police all the time. Yeah. Um, whether it's for firearms, defensive tactics, um, 
de-escalation, um, just bringing somebody down who's who's uh, just over the top or having a having a terrible day. Yeah. Um, and so we do a lot of scenario-based training for new officers and and seasoned officers as well, um, just to get that understanding, to get that exposure, um, because I can speak for myself. When I was being trained as a police officer and going into some some of these tense situations, it, it was probably just how you f- you felt, you yeah. know, because I've never been in a situation like that yeah. um, where there's someone with a weapon or possibly a weapon or some kind of uh, high situation. Um, now, even just eight years later, I'm I'm much more comfortable if if, if that's even the right word. Yeah, no, um, I get it. You know, have a have a much better understanding on on what could happen, how to approach. Um, the situation, what my options could be or, mm-hmm. or should be. Um, and so I'm able to navigate that a lot more safely and efficiently um, than if I had no training at all. Yeah. And so that's why training teachers and staff would be is, is critical, mm-hmm. um, not to make them police officers, nope. um, not to make them carry weapons or, yeah. you know, anything like that is, you know, my thoughts. And, um, but just to let them know, all right, this is probably what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. This is what it's looked like in other situations across the country. Yeah. Uh, and this is how you can respond. And these are some of the safest options to do. Um, that can be anywhere from just a discussion. Uh, it can be tabletop exercises, scenario-based, where yeah. you write them out or just mm-hmm. discuss, um, okay, well, I'm going to go this way or that way. I'm going to do this or that. And then what happens when you do that? All the way up into doing scenarios, which I think are – are helpful, um, and I think is the best training that you can get as far as just that's as close to the real situation as you can yeah. get. Um, it really makes people think outside the box. You throw in obstacles, you block a door, or yeah. a, or just the normal route that they go, and they have to choose something else. Or they, um, some people get really into it and they barricade the door, yeah. you know, during the scenario. Right. And that's something you may need to do. Um, and that's where I feel like those scenarios are so valuable because. Um, not knowing exactly what to do mm-hmm. is is part of the training right and that there is not there are best practices but there is no absolute blueprint and i know like a lot of the questions when we went through the training were about you know like what do we do in this situation and, and all of it is about really find like really taking the information that you have and then making an informed decision moving forward you mm-hmm. know so do you shelter in place do you do you evacuate right. and it's tough yeah and, and I can't sit here and tell you which one is the best because like you said um, you don't know what the situation yeah. is um, and and the whole principle behind it is just is just trying to problem-solve within those environments yeah um, trying to make the best decision you can while that's happening yeah with some information and some experience and training yep. beforehand yeah absolutely so you're part of our um, district critical consciousness training, and then you also talked to me about Ames Police Department um, has training on implicit bias and disparities as well. And so I just want to give you an opportunity to talk about some of that, and maybe even like what some of your takeaways have been, whether that was through the training through Ames PD or being a part of our critical consciousness training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, especially being in the schools, but just police in general, we, we deal with um, or we interact with uh, every, everybody in society, you yeah. know, every, uh, every group, every social circle, every, uh, just every aspect of, of the community. And so we need, to, we need to understand not only how to interact with those that are like us, but those that 
uh, maybe we haven't had interactions with uh, that are different than us or that have different perspectives or thoughts um, b based on a number of things, whether mm -hmm. it's culture or background or history. And so um, some takeaways from critical consciousness is, uh, for me, uh, helping me to kind of frame in more of my understanding of that. Yeah. Um, it's um, the idea. The, the idea and the principle and the purpose behind it is not new to me, mm -hmm. um, but having three hours every month with, I think, maybe 50 people in the group or whatever, yeah. um, being, led by, um, being led by the facilitators uh, has been really helpful in yeah. um, really getting down to the detail, getting down to um, why um, uh, certain groups or certain, um, certain members of the community have thoughts or perceptions or, or mindsets around, um, whatever, you yeah. know, around, uh, equity, around, um, how systems are in place, how they work, um, and just giving a history of why that happens. Um, I think sometimes it's easy to, um, give an excuse or just to be like, well, let's just stop everything that's happened and just everybody treated everybody good from here on out. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what happened in history, because that happened hundreds of years ago, mm -hmm. people, you know, we weren't there, they weren't there. Um, and, and you just can't do that because yeah. um, there's there's generational effects from from everything for generations. Yeah. So, yeah, we may have not been there for that particular situation. Um, that wasn't um, uh, that wasn't equitable for for a group. Um, and, but it affects each generation. And so we need to break that down and get over those obstacles and barriers and understand why that happened to be able to gain a perspective from, yeah. from the other shoes, yeah. um, from that other person. And this training has really helped me to be able to understand and articulate that better um, as I interact with other people who haven't been in that training or yeah. uh, with students that, are, that, that have that, um, that background or that history or um, – that perspective that I that I don't have, yeah, because we you know people are different. So I can say that I'm a much different person um, from a critical consciousness lens fr from a year ago to today. Um, we had Katie on this podcast. Um, yeah. We did two episodes with her and just talking about that. And I think it's important to also understand and, and have that perception on how. I think some populations view education mm -hmm. is important and, and having that understanding can really change our approach. And I think that can be applied to policing as, as well on, mm -hmm. on why people have, you know, a, a positive or negative view of policing and, and having that understanding because I think yeah. you can then make um, informed decisions. And then as a school resource officer, an informed decision mm -hmm. in our buildings on, on how we educate and interact with students. Yeah. Um, what have been some of the things that Ames Police Department has has particularly done as far as training? Sure, um, I'm going to pull out a list yeah, because yeah. I actually <laughs> uh, there was actually too many for me to be able to remember. Yeah. So, um, so there's about a I don't know a dozen or fifteen here. Uh, so we've done cultural competency, uh, diversity, special populations, fair and impartial policing, teaching diversity. Uh, cultural diversity and racial profiling, beyond cultural sensitivity, community conversations. Uh, we've done cultural awareness, navigating differences. Uh, we've done e LGBTQIA plus awareness, mm -hmm. um, gender bias and law enforcement response, 
equity and inclusion, diversity, implicit bias. Uh, I'm not even going to name them all just because yeah, I'm, right, just, just I'm, just, I'm just listing. But, yeah. um, and those are trainings that um, uh, not every officer has been through those trainings. But um, so uh, I've been through I've been through a train the trainer for fire and impartial policing. OK. Um, or I'm sorry, procedural justice training, which has a lot of overlaps with fair and impartial policing. OK. Um, and so three of us were trained for that. Then we come back and we train the department on that. Mm-hmm. How we were trained at the um, at the training that we went to, yeah, training, 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 yep. um, and so um, and that's just sometimes how it shakes out with logistics and, and budget and things like that. Yeah, so, right. No, I get um, it. But some of those, all of us have been through on a, on a year or, or annual basis. Yeah, and and these trainings, as far as Ames Police Department, I mean, I'm assuming they're on some type of cycle or you yeah. know regularity, so that. Yep. Um, yourself and then different officers have access to each of them yeah yeah and most of that training is mandatory for officers to oh, okay to. yeah um that's uh, that that's absolutely great well this has been this has been great um we could keep going <laughs> yes we could <laughs> we, we definitely could keep going um but before we close this episode i wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about something amazing from your world as a school resource officer yeah, so I was um, trying to think of with the other podcasts I've seen people have they've been in education. Yeah, like I said, I, I this is kind of my only exposure to education. Um, but one thing that's amazing um, that I've seen from my position, so kind of just to lay the groundwork. So one of the things that I've done in my position is give given presentations to um, to students uh, in the classroom. Oh yeah, uh, the teacher is doing a certain unit and they. Uh, invite me in to, to give my uh, experience or, you know, my perspective on it. And uh, those have cl- included uh, vaping or drug unit or uh, bullying, yeah. um, things and things of that nature, um, you know, constitutional rights kind of thing. So some of those have been um, every period for two days. <laughs> And so, um, I've done presentations before, but it's usually like one and done, yeah. you know, um, yeah. but to do, um, you, you kind of lose track after three or four or five. Oh, did I talk about this this time? And the I, kids are like, no, or yes, you have. And that's like, a okay, teacher's day every day. Well, that, and that's, and that's, and that's to my point is, uh, wow to teachers and, and a shout out to them because, um, not only just standing for that long and only having a four minute break in between to, to get a drink or, you know, whatever. Um, and then just go right back into teaching the same thing. A lot, you know, it's, it's discussion based at times, and yeah. so I can see why um, why they're able to do that. But um, but that really opened up my perspective to teachers, and not only teachers, but being in this position. A shout out to administrators as well. Yeah, you know, my perception, especially when I was a kid, is unless you get sent to the principal's <laughs> office, you know what. El- You'd, and what else are they doing? But yeah. holy cow, they do a lot. I know. Um, they are on the, they're not just in their, they're barely in their office. They're oh. on the ground all the time. Um, we have radios at the school, the school does. So yeah. so I kind of have a sense of what they're doing sometimes. Yeah. You know, they're teacher meetings, they're in classrooms doing observations, they're you know doing schedules, building uh, coordination, things like that. Yeah. So uh, just a shout out to people in education and within at least this district yeah. um, for just all the work that they do. Well, I think that's great, and I, I appreciate that, and I hope everyone else does too who hears this. Um, well, thanks again, Officer Johnson, for being a part of this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. We hope all the viewers and listeners enjoyed it as well, and if you did, please feel free to share this episode and all, our, all of our other ones. They're available on iTunes, 
Google Play, YouTube, and I want to thank you again. Thank you, Eric.